0: If I was to say, pick a hot-button topic, what would you suggest? Something political? Maybe religion? What about managing the deer population?
2: It's not easy, to be honest with you. You'll have neighbors who one wants to have a landscaping. Their neighbor who just absolutely enjoys seeing deer coming into their backyard.
0: It turns out one of the most divisive issues in Michigan is over what some people simply refer to as Bambi. This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. Deer are a hot topic in Michigan this time of year. For you bow hunters, it is already showtime. And for you rifle hunters, you are up next. But that's really only the half of it. This time of year, people are also talking about something else deer-related, car crashes.
2: We had over 52,000 car deer crashes over the state of Michigan, which is about 18.5% of our total crashes. So we do have a lot of car deer crashes in Michigan. Naturally, Michigan has a very large deer herd. I think where people in the Metro Detroit area think, oh, it's not too bad of a deal, but they'd be surprised alone that actually Oakland County is the number one county for car deer crashes. And in uh, 2021, we had 1,853 of those. So it's a big deal for us down here in Metro Detroit. I think a lot of people in their neighborhoods are seeing a lot of deer now. And when we come into the final quarter of the year, that's called the rut for deer, or it's breeding season and hunting season comes along. So you'll get a lot of deer that are moving around.
0: That is the voice of Lieutenant Mike Shaw with the Michigan State Police. That is a shocking number. 55,000 deer-related crashes in Michigan in one year. But for Chad Stewart, a deer biologist with the Michigan Department of Natural Resources, He says the mitten is a haven for deer. Do you know where Michigan stacks up with the rest
2: of the country as far as deer population goes? It's difficult because there's a lot of states, including ours, that don't estimate deer population numbers. But what I can tell you is that Michigan is typically anywhere between the second or the fourth state in terms of overall in hunter harvest. Texas always shoots more white-tailed deer than anybody else in the country. Texas is a bigger state and has a lot of white-tailed deer in it. Typically, Michigan is number two and occasionally flip-flopping with maybe Pennsylvania, maybe Georgia in terms of overall deer harvest. So that's a testament to, you know, the numbers of deer in Michigan, but also the number of hunters that we have. Michigan has one of the deepest and richest deer management hunting traditions or cultures in all of the country. Deer are great. They're gorgeous animals that are fun to look
0: at. And for those that love to hunt, they provide an opportunity for sport and nourishment. But as deer encroach on more urban residential areas, they can cause some problems. The next voice you'll hear belongs to Bernie Bannett, an Ann Arbor resident and a member of the Washtenaw Citizens for Ecological Balance. That's a group that supports controlling the deer population.
2: I came to Ann Arbor in 1964, and there were no deer. We didn't see deer. But by 2000 or so, deer were quite a common experience in certain parts of town. We saw deer on the road and had accidents or near accidents. We saw deer in our own backyards, gobbling up our own landscaping, the problem of tick-borne illnesses. Now, other parts of Ann Arbor, people weren't seeing deer. They didn't know what we were talking about. It was kind of in specific spots, which has changed over time as the deer population grew. More and more neighborhoods were seeing deer.
0: We heard from Ann Arbor resident Bernie a minute ago, but Bernie, he's not alone. Over the course of several years, Ann Arbor's deer population was a problem for the city. So says Derek Delacourt. He's Ann Arbor's Community Services Area Administrator.
2: What drove the intercedents of the community or the city into managing the deer population and working with the community to manage the deer population was a combination of issues. The primary one being the impact to the city's natural areas and parks. There was a significant amount of study done, funded by the city, that said deer was impacting in a negative way the city's understory and ecological balance. There are secondary impacts from the deer herd, increase in deer car crashes, increase in negative impact to private property. But the primary driver of it was the city has invested a significant amount of money to protect natural areas within the city. That is actually owning and managing property with a desire to keep it in a state that is positive.
0: As a result of all of this, the city of Ann Arbor, starting in 2015, had an annual deer call. A deer call's purpose is to remove doe, female deer, from the herd to ultimately reduce the population of said deer. A call is usually performed by sharpshooters who kill the deer in a specific place at a specific time. Here is Ken Kentabiel. He's the University of Michigan-Dearborn's Vice Chancellor for External Relations.
1: Our scientists have been monitoring the deer population, and we felt it was necessary to begin a deer management program. And so we started this in 2015, and since that time we've had two additional calls in our wildlife interpretive study area. And it was to bring down the deer population in the area, and that was important for a variety of reasons. First and foremost, you know, in this area, deer are destructive, and they tend to eat certain things. And our scientists were finding that species of trees and flowers and ground cover were actually disappearing. And if something wasn't done, it was going to impact the natural state of this area. And it really is a gem, you know, to have this resource in Western Wayne County. In addition to that, at one time, we had a bird banding operation in the interpretive center and the deer were crashing through nets and causing a lot of damage
0: Here is one thing I learned from making this episode. There are few things more controversial than the culling of a deer herd in Metro Detroit. Here is Chad from the DNR again.
2: It's not easy, to be honest with you, because, you know, even in a situation like Ann Arbor or name a city, you'll have neighbors who one wants to grow a very diverse and sort of eclectic group, have a landscaping, and and the deer are just continually eating it and causing hundreds, if not thousands of dollars of damage. And then you've got... You know their neighbor who just absolutely enjoy seeing deer coming into their backyard and that's something that they truly cherish and maybe even one of the reasons why they moved into that neighborhood so you know you have a, a strong range of opinions in how deer should be managed and how many should be out there and we try to do our best you know in urban settings to work with local communities to try to understand what the overall values of their citizens are in terms of deer and then that helps guide some of the management decisions Certainly at the broader sense, whether it's at the county or statewide level, we monitor hunting trends and statistics to help gauge our recommendations moving into the future.
0: What's the difference between a hunt and a cull? To me, a person ignorant on both deer and hunting They are almost
2: identical. But Chad from the DNR stopped me on that one. We do differentiate between the two. When we talk about hunting, we talk about individuals who have gone through some sort of hunter safety course and have some sort of requisite experience. You know, you're purchasing a license. Those license dollars are going directly towards conservation. And there are regulatory seasons associated with hunting. That's also very important that you know, helps shape and structure those recommendations. On the culling side of things, the recommendation is that there's too many deer and people want quite a few removed in a short period of time. So it's much more of a specialized approach. Not everybody can go out and I would say call a deer because in many cases you're doing it in a very sensitive area with a lot of houses, a lot of room for error so the people that are doing this are highly specialized and highly trained and there's really no money that's getting contributed overall to conservation efforts or wildlife management.
0: What about other methods of trimming deer herds? In 2018, then Michigan Governor Rick Snyder signed a bill that made it illegal to sterilize deer, a bill supported by Michigan's hunters. What about trapping deer in those urban areas and moving them to more forested areas?
2: We call it like a trap and transfer program. And we do not do that because one, there's always concern for transporting. If an animal is diseased, that you could introduce a disease into a new location. But also there's been quite a bit of research done that those animals that are transported in the new locations typically don't survive up in those areas because it's just completely foreign area. And especially if you're taking an animal from an urban setting where they're used to people and don't have any real predators to focus on and you're putting them all of a sudden in the upper peninsula, They're completely naive to the predator suite up there. Chances are it doesn't really end well with survival. So it's a lot of effort for what amounts to a dead deer that's probably going to be traveled several hundred miles. Problems like these are the worst of problems.
0: Not in the sense that lives are being ruined as a result. The issue lies in that there's no real fix to this problem, at least not one that folks can agree on. So as a result, for the foreseeable future, the problem will persist. That is, if you think it's a problem in the first place. We had a lot of help today. Thank you to Mike Shaw, Chad Stewart, Bernie Banat, Ken Kentebiel, and Derek Delacorte. This podcast would not be possible without the work of our digital team. Check out WWJNewsRadio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do you have questions, comments, or concerns about The Daily J? We want to hear them. Send us an email to dailyj at odyssey.com. That's dailyj at A-U-D-A-C-Y.com. Our theme music is written and produced by Ozone Music and Sound in Southfield. I'm Zach Clark, and this is the Daily J. Thanks for listening. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.